Welcome to the Free Life Agents Podcast, where we help real estate agents build a lifestyle they never need a vacation from. Here's your host, Kobe Zen. All right, welcome back to the Free Life Agents Podcast. Uh, I have a very special guest once again here today, uh, talking all about passive income. Uh, so my guest today is um, literally the master of passive income. <laughs> he co-founded <laughs> or he founded uh, Master Passive Income, which is you know he's teaching other uh, other people out there in the world how he you know became successfully unemployed uh, by 37 years old, as he likes to say. Or if you guys are watching this on video, you can see on his you know on his shirt there uh, how to be successfully unemployed and live the life of your dreams and how to do that. Uh, you know, using rental properties and real estate investing as well. So Dustin is also an author of How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties. Uh, that is a book that he wrote in 2015. Uh, but other, other than that, you know, I just want to bring Dustin on and kind of introduce himself. But welcome to the show, Dustin Heiner. How's it going? Hey, Kobe. I'm blessed. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, so I'm definitely an investor. That's what I do. I invest in right. real estate. And really, like, I love real estate, but what I love more so is what it affords me to do in my life. Like, I don't have to work for somebody else. That's why I love the idea of being successfully unemployed. Basically, I found a way to make money to provide for myself and my family without working for somebody else. And then, you know, I could go to the gym in the morning, hang out with my family, drink my coffee, come on podcasts and take, talk to great yeah. people like you because I'm not working for somebody else. So I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I love talking to people who are, you know, just like yourself, uh, who has essentially built out their lifestyle where you can do, like you said, whatever you wanted to do and, uh, and just enjoy life, right? And that's the point, I think, of passive income. That's where people talk talk a lot about it. And that's the, there's the buzz around it. But like, what does it actually mean? Um, you know, it's it's the lifestyle that you get, you get to create from. And I think that's the important part. So yeah, man. So, I mean, if there's people out there listening to the show who don't really know your story or who you are, uh, would you kind of mind just telling, you know, how you got started in this journey, how you got the passive income bug, the investing bug, and, um, you know, how did you become successfully unemployed in your own words? Yeah, totally. So I'll fast forward to the end, but then I'll go right back to the beginning. So <laughs> when I was 37 years old, I was blessed to be able to quit my job because I had, I had enough rental properties, real estate owned by myself and my family that we had enough passive income coming in so that I didn't have to work for somebody else because our money was covering all of our expenses. So we're really blessed. So it's 37 years old. But growing up, I was taught just like we're all taught. And this whole path, this path that we're all supposed to take, you go to school, you get good grades. And then you take those good grades, you go to college, you get in thousands and thousands of dollars into debt, and you try to get good grades again. And you get a piece of paper that you give you. It's called a degree. You take that piece of paper and you go to job after job or career possible after career, and you hopefully get a career with them. Well, I I did that, and I was going that entire path thinking this is the right way to go because that's all I've been taught. We're all we all do that, but at the same time, I've always been entrepreneurial. That's where you know you start businesses and you you're a business owner. And so when I was young, I even had a newspaper route. That's when I was 13 years old. I had a, you ride on bikes with bags of newspapers. You throw them at 5 a.m. and bang them on people's garage doors, waking people up. I've done that. I had a graphic and website design company, had a skateboard manufacturing business, even started a, uh, a convenience store and a pizzeria all from scratch. And at the same time, working a job because that's what I was told to do, but I also want to be a part of business. Now, I did buy one rental property. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, really fantastic book, opened my eyes to passive income. And then I thought, if I buy one rental property, it works for me. The property works for me. So I did that. I bought one property and I remember the first paycheck or paycheck, I say that, the uh, passive income check that I received by my property manager, it was like $317. Like it was, it was perfect. $317. And I got it. And I said, oh my goodness, if this is what passive income is like. I need to get more of these. But you know, like, everybody, it happens to everybody. Life started getting in the way. My wife and I are started having kid after kid after kid, you know, children. Eventually we had our fourth child. And this is, I got to tell you the story of this is what catapulted me, like shoved me into becoming a real estate investor. So I was working a sit down desk job. I was working for the county government and I wanted the most secure job possible. So I was living in California and working at a count, local county government in California doing IT work. So the most secure, like California is not going away. The government's not going away and technology is not going away. 
So I was like, perfect. I'm going to be so secure here. So we're having children. And by the time my wife had our fourth child, I went on paternity leave. That's where as soon as the baby's born, the dad stands home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and bonds with the baby and all that good stuff. And then I went back to work. I went back to work. And in that same week that I get back to work on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. And then I hung up the phone and I paused for a second. I thought, my goodness, why would they be calling me to the office? This isn't normal. And at the same time, I've seen plenty of movies. I know getting a call at four, a Friday at 3.30 is not a good thing. And then I, I immediately remembered back a couple months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors or some rumblings going on in the office that there could potentially be layoffs. I immediately shook that off. I said, there's no way. I've got like 10, 12 years seniority here. My bosses think you do a great job. I do technology in the government. Everything's fine. So I get up and I walk down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, this hallway isn't very long, Kobe. In fact, it's kind of short. But every single step that I take, it feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels like my feet become lead bricks because it's starting to weigh on me that this could potentially be the time that I lose my job. Well, I get down the hallway and I eventually turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed. And I look at his secretary, super sweet, nice old lady. She says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's looking at me, grinning sheepishly with me, trying to like console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I go and I take a seat. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking through my entire life. If I get laid off right now, I lose my job. Was my entire life, all that plan that I've been told, was that a waste of my life? Did I waste my life doing this? And then it hit me. Oh my goodness. If I can't feed my family because I don't make any money, does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband, as a, as a man trying to provide for his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the weight of everything is crushing down on me. And then the door to my boss's office opens up. And out walks a lady, a coworker of mine, with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. She's not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has been just devastated. She walks past me, and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? So I get up, and I walk into this office, and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. So if it happened to me, it can and probably will happen to anybody. Well, I take that layoff notice and I go back to my desk and I sit down and I realize two things sitting there. The first thing I realize is I need to get another job. I need to be able to work to be able to feed my family. So I was really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to find another job in the same county, whole another department just got transferred over. Blessing check, got that. The second thing, sitting in that chair, and this is the reason why I tell the story. I realize that I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I realized that whenever anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what do you do? I would always reply, oh, I work for the county. I do technology for the, the county. I'm basically, basically projecting my value in myself as being my job. No, my value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my God and from myself and from my family. So sitting there, I realized no longer would I ever tell anybody that my job was what I valued myself in. I started telling, I started, I said, from this point forward, I will tell everybody I am an investor. Because remember, I wanted to be an investor, just life gone the way. I said, I'm never going to let anything get in the way of being an investor. Now, it may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. Fast forward the story, started buying property after property, after property, each one making me $250 or more in passive income from every single property. Eventually, I had 30 press properties. And I was like, my goodness, why am I still working here? So round up the story by sharing. I went to my new boss, great boss and all. I said, hey, boss, I'm laying you off. Here's your two weeks notice, you know, jokingly, of course. And he said, Dustin, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I own real estate. It makes money for me without working. So I'm quitting. So the last part of the story is, I if you remember, Kobe, that, that story where I shared, I walked down the hallway. It was a short hallway that felt like it got longer and longer and longer. Well, I've walked to and from my office a thousand times, maybe more. 
and it's a mile and a half walk. I worked in downtown. I didn't want to pay for parking because I'm too frugal. I've taken this walk a thousand times. This was the best walk of my life. I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need a job again because I realized my value doesn't come from my job and your boss does not pay you. Everybody listening to this, you need to realize this. Your boss will not pay you what you are worth, what you're valued. And this is how you'll know that you're worth so much more than anybody could ever pay you. They're paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money as taking money out of their pocket. So if they paid you what you're worth, you would make, they would go broke. So what I realized was if I take it into my own hands to become an investor, I realize now it was so much more risky working for somebody else. Because people tell me, I coach a lot of students and talk to a lot of people about real estate investing. They say, oh, real estate investing is so risky. I say, take it from me. It's more risky putting your life in somebody else's hands than your own. So I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions. <laughs> No, it's all good, man. So I, I, I love that story. I think that's such a powerful story that so many people can resonate with because, um, you know, it's like that feeling, right? When you're, you know, because there's a lot of people who invest in real estate and they say, oh, I'm financially free. But the fact that the way that you tell it, where it's the feeling of, you know, for lack of a better word, it's that, oh shit feeling, right? Of, you know, this, <laughs> totally. this finally happened, right? <laughs> like it finally happened. You, you don't think it's going to happen, but it happened, right? And, you know, you know, whether, you know, you've experienced that or not, as you know, somebody who's listening, um, you know, you, you are going to experience it if you haven't experienced it yet. So my, you know, my take is, you know, why not build up your passive income now before something like that happens? So I you're, guess like, you're right. There, there's you know, a saying, Kobe, I heard it when I was younger, when I first started working, I didn't think it was going to affect me because I'm a hard worker. My bosses yeah. gave me raises all the time. I was a great worker. And the saying goes, it's not if you lose your job or get fired, it's when. It will happen. You have a long lifespan and you're, it's, it's when. But then also there is another very, very awesome quote that I absolutely love. And it is, when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. The next best time is literally today where you plant that tree right now. So for me, that passive income, if you plant that tree where you start making passive income now, over time, it'll steadily grow and grow and grow and get, get to be a huge tree. In fact, you can even have a forest of trees, right. which is all my properties. And one other quote I want to give you, I love this quote. Mm -hmm. a, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. Learn from my mistake. I had to go through the hard everything to get to where I am now. But I'll be completely honest and say that, that hard, those hard things have got me to where I am now. Now, I would change. I, I, you know, when people say, oh, I'd never change a thing because that's where I'm at. No, I would definitely, there's a lot of things I would change. Looking back though, I am so glad that I got laid off. I'm so glad that this shook me. This woke me up and said, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And that's now where I am today. And what's also funny, so I coach hundreds of students how to invest in real estate, showing them how, to, how my process is. And I was telling, recounting the story, recounting the story to my um, students. And one of my students says, Dustin, because I told them losing my job is the best thing that ever happened to me. And one of my students is named William. He goes, Dustin, you losing your job was the best thing for all, everybody, for all of us, because you're now here telling all of us. I'm like, oh, that's a great point. I'm glad you had that bigger picture in mind. So absolutely, you need to learn from my mistake and you need to start planting those passive income trees, in my opinion, now, because you never know. If you put your livelihood in somebody else's hands, it could happen where you get let go. Oh yeah, definitely. You want to, you want to take control of your, like, and again, like you want to take control of your own, your own life, right? You want to take control of it. And people who are working jobs, I mean, maybe you have a different opinion on this. We can even talk about this as well on like a more of a macro scale. But um, I think in my opinion, people who are dependent on a job to get paid, uh, they're not in control of their life. They're not in control of their ability, like you said, to feed their families. And I just kind of want that to kind of settle in for people who are listening to this, you know, is that the case for you right now, right? Is that the case for you in the next five years if you don't change something? Because passive income, it's a, you know, I'm sure you agree. It's, it's delayed gratification. It's the work that you're putting in today. It's a great word. Yeah. yeah it's the work yeah. that you put in. Yeah. yeah I mean, the work that you put in, like, and you can, you can talk about this as well. It's like, you know, the work that you put in, in the beginning, you know, did you, you know, you obviously saw an end or else you wouldn't have gone through it. But what was that process like when you were working, probably even harder than you were before, but you weren't getting paid immediately. Yeah, totally. 
And I'll, I'll, I will say this. So now people are always to say, also tell me like, Dustin, you bag on colleges. You, you hate college. Like, yes, I hate college. I'm never sending my kids to college. It's just, I can teach my kids how to make money and be a good productive member of society better than any college can. So I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Love it. that's not everybody. And I hate working for somebody else, but that's not everybody. So, uh, and at the same time, while you're working a job, you can be saving money to invest. So I'm not downplaying college as like, I would never go again. I'm never taking my kids. Some other people would be great. I would say, honestly, about 75% of the population should just be regular employees, but not the people that are listening to this podcast and they're hanging around you and hanging around me. All the 25% of us we know that we want to have more control over our lives. So we're not de- dependent on other people. So with that, talking about the passive income in starting out, what I realized was that I wanted to quit my job. Like that was the ultimate goal. And so what I said was with my one property, making me $300 a month and I 317, I said, well, if I make it a minimum of $250 a month in passive income, all I need to do is scale my business to quit my job. So I asked my wife, I said, hey, honey, how much do we need in passive income for me to quit my job? Basically, what are our expenses? What do I need to cover? And she says, $4,200. I remember it like it's, it's ingrained in my brain. We need $4,200 mortgage and food and all that sort of stuff. I said, okay, well, one property that makes me $250 a month in passive income, that's without working. Passive income is you work one time and you get paid over and over and over again. And people might say, well, don't you got to answer phone calls and be a property man? No, 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 no. I hire other people to do all that stuff. I literally, like it, a lot of people have heard of the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Well, it's a good book and all. I mean, it got me a little bit, but I think working four, four hours a week is for suckers. I don't want to work four hours a week. I don't want to work four hours a month. I work maybe 30 minutes a month just by, actually right here. Here's one of my property management statements from one of my, uh, like maybe you can't see it because of the, the zooming thing. But I have my property management statements. I look at them, make sure everything's good, and I put them aside. 30 minutes at most. So getting to the idea, $250 a month in passive income is $3,000 a year. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. That's $3,000 extra in your pocket without working. 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month in passive income. That is $30,000 a year without working. 20 properties is $5,000 a month. That's $60,000 a year in passive income. And I realized all I had to do was scale the business. All I had to do was do it where I'm making this money and buy to 20 properties and I could easily quit my job. So that's how I saw it. If I were to build a business where I had one property, then build up the next one, then keep growing and then keep rolling in. And I love Kobe, you absolutely hit nail on the head, delayed gratification. If I did, if, if I bought one property, the $317, and then I wouldn't got a car for $317. That's the mortgage payment. Well, that entire money's taken up in that car. I can't use that $317 to buy the next property, you know, every single month or every single month and every single year, $317, what's over $3,600 a year, $3,700 a year in passive income to buy the next property. So I put that off to delayed gratify, delayed gratification so that I can continually grow. It took me about six years before I had enough properties to be able to quit my job. When I was 37 years old, like, my goodness, why am I working here? Like, I don't need to be here. Let me go ahead and leave. So with that, it's planting that tree now so that, and what for everybody listening, you, you guys are listening to Kobe and week after week, you're listening. And it would be horrible if in 20 years from now, you think, man, I was listening to the, uh, Kobe's podcast and that guy, Dustin or something came on. He talked about investing in real estate 20 years ago. I wish I would have done it then. Don't let that be you. You want to be where you are saying, you know what, I'm going to plant that tree now. That's what I had to do. So with that, that passive income you get from that one property, then rolling it into the next property. And with all my students, that's what we literally do. Last thing I'll say, because you know, you probably got questions and other things you want to share. Um, so with my, most of my students, it's taking them six months, a year, two years, maybe even longer to get their first property because they're going at, at it alone. They're trying to do it alone. They're maybe listening to a couple podcasts, maybe. What happens is when you have somebody that knows what they're doing, just like if you go to college to learn how to be an engineer, you're learning, you're fast tracking it. You can figure it out yourself, but it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of heartache. (laughs) If you get around somebody that knows what they're doing, it's going to fast track it. It's going to save you a lot of pain. Like all of the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars that I've done wrong is, you know, made mistakes and screwed up. I'd make sure my students don't go through those. And I also help them make money and save money on top of that. So what's amazing, I love this. Even though they might take one, two, three years 
and they have never bought a property because they just can't do it. They're they're now paralysis or whatever it might be. Then they start working with me. Within three months, they usually have a property under contract. And kid you not, remember this is fast tracking it. I kid you not, within one to at most two months after that, they already have their second property. And the reason why is because we build a business. We build a business that runs itself. Now, the gurus, what the gurus will tell you, and we can get into all this, like practically mm-hmm. how to do this step by step. I love sharing how to do this. But the gurus will tell you, you buy one property, that's your business. Your property is your business. No, 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 no. My business owns inventory. And this is what it looks like. If you're going to start a convenience store, you're not going to sign, you know, can be a sort of candy bar, soda machines, and all that sort of stuff. You're not going to sign a lease on a location open the doors and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. No, you wouldn't do that. You go out of business in two seconds. What you would do though, is you would build the business first. You get the gondolas, the shelving units, you get the countertops, the cold storage, the bank accounts, cash registers, employees, everything in the business before you buy any inventory. Once a business is built, then you buy the inventory and put it into your business. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business. We get everybody to work in the business and then we buy a piece of property and that property is our business. And that's how we put it into our business. That's how I was blessed to be able to scale my business so fast was because I had a business. Systems were in place, processes and procedures were in place that I literally don't do any work. The business runs for me and the properties are my inventory that other people rent out and I make money from. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a powerful statement, I think, because when you hear about other people talking about, you know, teaching real estate investing, what do they say? They say, go take action, buy your first property without just, just buy it. Right. So you, you're the complete opposite. So let's, let's talk about that. So when you say set up the business, right, set up the business first, what does that all entail for somebody to, you know, as a beginner, you know, maybe for somebody who can understand, you know, you don't have to go into too much detail, but like, what does that all entail? I'll go into detail. I love getting into detail. I want to help. Yeah, I okay, want to help great. everybody to really get started. So let me quickly give you the wrong way to do this because this is what the quote unquote gurus will tell you. I did this. I followed these quote unquote gurus. And within six months, my property manager started stealing from me. Like no joke, literally started stealing from me. In 2006, when I first started investing, I watched one of those infomercials. It's like 2 a.m. Hey, we're coming to your town. We'll, it's going to be a free two hour session. Come and we'll teach you how to invest in real estate. All it was was a huge sales pitch. So I go there, that's all hype and rah-rah. Now run to the back and go give us $1,000. It's normally a billion dollars for a program, but it's only gonna be $1,000 for a two-day seminar. Well, I did that. I ran to the back. This is exciting. Went to that two-day seminar. All it was was another sales pitch for more and more quote-unquote coaching. It was, if you wanna learn rental properties, $50,000. If you wanna learn flipping, $40,000. you wanna learn wholesaling, it's $30,000. It was nuts. I was like, this is all a sales pitch. I, I now understand their model of, quote unquote business. It's not really business. It's just splicing money for my, and anyways, I, I won't get to keep going to that, but <laughs> yeah. here's what they told me. And I did this. And with this, I, my property manager started losing or started stealing from me with really, really quickly. So this is what they tell. I'm going to tell you this, but forget it. As soon as I tell you, they say, find a property anywhere in the country and you run the numbers. That means, you know, you make sure you're making a little bit of money in passive income that's over your expenses. And what they say is you'll make $50 or $100 in passive income, but you'll get appreciation. That's what you're going to be loving is appreciation, which I'll pause this and say, I don't invest for appreciation. I invest for cash flow. I don't care about appreciation because I'm literally going to give these properties to my kids. You could probably see these, my kids in my background here of the image. I will literally give these properties to my kids. The appreciation only happens. That's great for me because I could pull the cash out in a cash-free or a tax-free loan to buy more properties. But let me quickly get back to the wrong way and I'll get to the right way. Wrong way. Run and run the numbers on the property. Make sure you're making a little money in passive income. You get a pre- appreciation. Then you spend thousands of dollars to buy the property. Then you spend thousands of dollars more to fix up the property. Then you find a tenant and then you find a property manager to manage the property. Well, in my opinion, that's just about backwards. What we do here at Master Passive Income is we build the business first. And I could, I'll walk you through what the right way to do this. So the first thing is what we do is we look for Actually, let me let me pause that and say, if you did what the gurus, quote unquote gurus tell you, where you found the property manager last and all this sort of stuff, let's say you did everything, spend thousands of dollars, you have a property, you think it's great, you have granite countertops, like, oh, it's perfect. And you call a property manager, hey, property manager, here's my property. Would you manage my property? And they say, 
no, I'm not. That's a like that's a horrible area. I'm gonna get shot if I go into that area. There's no way I'm gonna collect rent there. You're like, uh oh, it's no longer an asset. It's a liability because you didn't know what you were doing. You need to count on experts. So getting to how we actually do this, how we build the business, we hire experts. I'm not the expert. I got, like I said, hundreds, actually thousands of students now. Um, they ask me, or they have asked me, well, Dustin, you invest in city. I invest in many cities around the country. Even though I live in Arizona, I invest all over the place and all over the, the nation. And so do my students. They say, Dustin, you invest in the city. You're the expert. Tell me about it. Where should I invest? And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not the expert. Am, I might invest there. I might have a good idea. But who is the expert? It's the people on the ground that actually live there, that are the ones that see the area, see the neighborhoods, that know what's going on, that can tell you what the rents are. So we hire experts. So let me walk you through what it looks like to build a business. First, we find a city anywhere in the country that has good inventory. Inventory, remember, is a property, but lots of inventory. We don't want to buy in one city that has one property or two properties. We buy it. They're like, oh, man, we can't buy anymore. Like, we're done because there's no more inventory. Don't want that. You want to make sure you have inventory. So first, we find a city. This is the type of inventory that I like to buy. Cookie cutter type homes. These are the homes that everybody either wants to buy or rent. I love these ones. Three bedroom, two bath, 1,200 to 1,600 square feet. We want to make sure that the price points are low enough to where our rents can be high enough to where we make $250 a month in passive income. So let's say we found a good city to invest in. Check. The next thing we move on to is not realtors. My Most of my students, not my most, some students, they get gung-ho. Hey, Dustin, I found a city. I've already got five realtors sending me deals. I'm like, stop, 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 stop. No, no, no. Realtors are the last step. They're literally the last step. Now, they're, realtors are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But it'd be like buying inventory before you even have anything built. They're the last step. They'll be there. Don't worry. They will be there when you're ready. What we do first is we find the property managers. So inventory first, then our property managers. Who's going to manage the property? It'd be like if you just found anybody and just said, hey, you manage my property. It'd be like if you had a convenience store and you're getting ready to open the doors, you see somebody walking down the street and say, hey, are you a property manager or are you a manager? Yeah, I am. Well, come on in. You got a pulse. Come on in. Let me have you manage my money, manage my inventory, manage my customers, manage my employees, manage my entire business. No, you wouldn't do that. You'd be crazy to do that. Same thing with real estate investing. What we do is we hire the right property manager. That's with interviewing many property managers, asking the right questions. And here's a tip. Everybody, hopefully, if, if you're a business owner, you need to know this for any business. It's hire slow, but fire fast. Hire slow, meaning once you hire them, you hopefully, you never have to fire them. Hopefully, that's the end goal is to never have to get rid of them. But if you hire fast and you find it's the wrong person, like I did, I, my property manager, she probably stole, I don't know, two or $3,000 before I realized what's going on. This isn't right. So we want to hire slow and fire fast. So inventory first, then find the right property managers. In fact, in my, um, on my coaching, I literally give my students 22 questions and answers what they should answer that we need to ask every property manager. Because I'll be completely honest, property managers are a dime a dozen. There are so many of them. Anybody could put on a hat and say, yes, I'm a property manager. But the ones that are good that you want to work with, you have to weed through so many to get there. So inventory, then property managers. The next one is funding. How are you going to finance your properties? The mortgages, the hard money lenders, the private money lenders. Are you able to get commercial loans, bundle loans, portfolio loans? And so I'm rattling these off because I've literally used every single one of these types of funding. And I've even done, I've counted like 14, almost even 15 different ways to get financing to actually buy a property. And I kid you not, I've done a signature loan where you go into a bank and you say, I want an unsecured line of credit. You sign your name on a piece of paper and they give you $15,000, $20,000. I've done that. I've even used a credit card. I kid you not. And that's a, definitely an advanced strategy. I've used a credit card to buy real estate because I knew I had a business that was going to make me money just like this. this I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot, but I'll give you one more thing to, to round this out so you can ask questions. But if you had a candy bar, you absolutely knew without a shadow of a doubt, you can sell it for a dollar. The cost is 50 cents, but let's say you don't have 50 cents. Man, I could start a fantastic business if I could sell these candy bars for a dollar, if I could buy them for 50 cents, but I don't have the money. What if you could borrow 25 cents, or sorry, what if you could borrow 50 cents from, sorry, 50 cents from somebody, but it costs you 25 cents? That is 75 cents out of your pocket, but you sell them for a dollar, 
you make 25 cents from every single candy bar. You'd be like, how can I get even more money and more candy bars and sell them to more people? Because you know it's going to happen. Same thing with real estate investing. That's how we can account for getting a credit card, a signature line of credit, using hard money, because that can be a little daunting for some people, because we account for those expenses before we buy the property. And the last thing I'll say really quickly is I don't pay my taxes on any of my properties. I don't pay my mortgage. I don't pay my property manager. I don't even pay for repairs. I don't pay for any of that stuff. My tenants pay for all that because I make sure those expenses are accounted for before I buy the property. And I make sure I can rent it for $250 more in passive income. So that feeds my family. So all those expenses are taking care of somebody else. So there's a lot more to go through, but I want to let you, I've been talking a lot. I want to let you, you right. come in. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I'm glad you, you know, I'm glad you shared as much in detail as you did about how to get started essentially, because nobody really thinks about that, right? You, you think, well, I mean, well, first of all, like a lot of people will tell you to self-manage, which obviously you, you disagree with. Uh, but I mean, just, just finding a property manager first, that's, that's something that's so different from what you hear, right? I mean, and then it makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, that's the, that's the people, especially in the system that you're the business that you, you're teaching people to build. That's, that's the key piece, right? That's kind of like, kind of like your CEO, right? For Well, for it's, your, it's, for... it's, yeah, totally. And it, uh, essentially it's your quarterback. Think of like a football right. analogy. They're the ones that are going to help you to score, to make money. They're going to protect right. you from other things. They're going to keep you on the field, always making money. That's your yeah. number one person is your property manager. And with that, your property manager, they are your backbone. Like, like you were saying, like the CEO, they're overseeing everything. But here's a, here's a key on top of this. I said this a little earlier, but the reason why I'm able to make this an automatic business where I literally don't do anything is I give my property managers, my inspectors, my handyman, all, I give all these people in my business, business processes and systems and procedures to follow. So like, I'll give you an example. My property manager, I have many property managers and I say, I don't care how you run other landlords' businesses. You run it however they want it. How you run my business is this X, Y, and Z. I literally lay it out. And here, I'll give you a quick example of what that looks like. Rent is due on the first. This is what I tell them. This, you, you follow this to a T. If you don't, I'm going to be very upset because I protect myself because I put business systems in it. Rent's due on the first. Laid after the third. And the fourth, you give a three-day notice. And then once that three-day notice is up, then they get a late fee and you start the eviction process. Like clockwork. Now, if they've been in the property for over a year and a half, then if they say, if they call you beforehand, hey, I'm having a little trouble, we can work with them. I completely understand. But what we're doing is we're, we're protecting ourselves like a business would. If you, Kobe said, hey, bank, I know I got a mortgage with you, but you know, my kid got arrested and I had to bail him out. So I don't have money for mortgage this month. Would you be able to let it slide this month? They'll be like, no, <laughs> it's, you no, know, you we're going to start the foreclosure process right away. Same exact thing. I was a pushover for years. Oh, it's a sob story. Yes. Okay. But then I realized I need to make this about a business because my family is fed and protected and, and housed and clothed from these properties. If they're taking money from me, they're taking money from my family. So here's the way I, I, I switch it in my brain. I'm not the boss, my wife and my four kids, those are the boss. And so if somebody says, well, Hey, can you go easy on me on the rent this month? Like, let me check with my boss. Nope, we can't. <laughs> they got to be fed. Yeah, I love it. I love that because there there are a lot of people who you know when they're when they're in this business, right? And evictions and late rent. That's I think that's the that's probably the biggest the biggest headache when it comes to it is a bad tenant. And uh, if you if you can take that mindset where you know your family's the boss, right? You have to check with them. Nope, you know you can't you can't let them off. You know let them off totally. as easily. <laughs> so I love that, and it, it you know I love the the mindset that you're teaching as well, which is you know we have to treat this like a legitimate business, not not just hey I'm gonna invest and hopefully in five years I'll I'll be out of my job. So here here's my question, I guess, um, for somebody who's just getting started, who's never invested in real estate before. Um, what have you seen so far as the biggest reserve for getting started, the biggest fear, and how would you overcome it if you were them? The biggest fear by far is always losing money. Like, like what it boils down to. Now there's little bits and pieces or right, the, the, the fruit of it or the outcropping of what it looks like is, could be different things. Like, you know, what if, what if this or what if that, but what it really comes down to is losing money, their life savings or the inheritance that they got or taking out this loan 
That's the biggest thing that we as investors always worry about, especially if you're going to be like, you're going to go to a hard money lender or a, like, let's say mm-hmm. you go, Kobe, you go to your uncle. Hey, uncle, I would like to borrow money. Well, the first thing he thinks about is how am I going to protect my money? I don't want to lose money. That's the first thing. Once he's able to get over that fear that he's not going to lose money, then his second thought is how do I then make money? So going back to somebody first starting out is the fear. Now for me, and like I said, I want you to learn from my mistake. The fear was if I put money towards a property, that's risky. Then I realized my goodness, it's so much more risky. Like what weighs out to be more risky? Is investing risky or working for somebody else who could literally take away your job? Is that more risky? And then you literally have no fallback. You might have a savings as best you can, but from there, you don't have any other money coming in. You got to hustle to get a job. So for me, when I look at the fear that anybody has, but it usually boils around to losing money, with that, what do you look at? What's What are you more fearful of? If, if the fear of losing that money is more than you having somebody rip away your job where you can't feed your family, then more than likely that fear of investing is going to take over and you're not going to be able to do it. But what happens is what to mitigate that fear or to get rid of and lessen that fear is getting around like-minded people who have either already done it or who are doing it or who know how to do it. And I'll quickly um, share that I have so many students that it, I that we invest in real estate. And what was fun is we're all friends online. Like I just, I try to, you know, get people around me like, hey, let's all have fun and I'm going to show you how to do this. But what's great is we get on Zoom calls and we're friends online and I had all of them say, hey, Dustin, we're together on Zoom. I want to, we want a meetup. Like we all want to get together and have a physical in-person meetup because we're friends online. Let's do it. And I said, that's a good idea. Let me think about it. So fast forward, I thought it would be great to do that and bigger. So what I did was I said, I want to be around other people who are investors. This is, like I said, this is again, mitigating or getting out of that fear, getting around other people who have done it, who are doing it, and that can encourage you in how to do it and build you up and then give you the ways to get out of these roadblocks. You're going to have a roadblock in your way. They say, well, this is easy. Just go around this way or go over it or do whatever. They'll help you out. So what I did was I created a conference. It's called the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, mm-hmm. RubeCon for short. And what I did was I have I have a lot of friends that are influencers. Like they, they're investors themselves. They're literally expert investors, but they have their own podcasts. They have their own YouTube channel. I just, because I do this podcasting and online stuff that I met a lot of great investors as well. I called them all up. I said, hey, I'm thinking about putting on a conference. Would you come bring your audience with you? So we have a community of investors all helping each other out. Every single one of them. I had 28 of my friends. We all came, brought all of our audiences together, created one big conference where we all taught. We all were coaching. We're all helping and sharing. With that, we created a brand new community. It's called the Real Estate Wealth Wealth Builders Community. And with that, I've seen so many success stories come out of just this one conference. So the conference is physically in person. This 2022, it was in March 2023. It will be in May 4th through the 6th in Phoenix. And with that, from the first one, I've had countless people say, Dustin, because of the conference, I saw oh, there's an option to invest in storage units. Okay, I started doing that. Another person started working with me from the conference. He said, Dustin, I want to do long-term buy and hold. In four months from the time he went to the conference, four months later, he had four units, one duplex and two single family homes. I think he was making over $1,000 a month in passive income. And he's like, I had no idea this was possible. It's when you open your mind and realize that risk, it's just perceived risk in your mind. When you realize that it has been done before, many, many thousands, maybe millions of times for a long time, other people have done it. And there are genuine people out there that just want to help you succeed. If you get around the right people, then with that, you're going to get past that risk tolerance. But I kid you not, Kobe, as soon as somebody gets their first property, that all my students, like literally like clockwork, they're like, oh, that wasn't that hard. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I, I, that's why like we have our roadblocks in our own way. And so we just got to push that through that. We just need to have other people around us to help us to build us up to so that we can get through it. Right. Definitely. I mean, having the right network is, is just, it's, it's, you know, I just came back from a conference myself, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, you can't replace being, and like you said, being in person, meeting the right people. And then oh, that will help you overcome that fear, right? Because once you see somebody else with a similar story or with the same story as you overcoming a similar obstacle, 
that's what really gets people. And that's why I love in the beginning when you shared your story, I think a lot of people can resonate with that in one way or another, whether they see themselves in the future or they've experienced that in the past, um, you know, stories and just being authentic and genuine. I think that's, that's something that's super important as well. So uh, something else that I kind of wanted you to touch on as well is, you know, when, when you're coaching students, right, do you have, or in your opinion, is there a specific amount of money and, that they have to be making in order to start investing in real estate? Or is this somebody, or is this, you know, somebody comes in, they're 17 and they have nothing and they're, you know, they have a piggy bank with like $4 of, of, of change and they can start, uh, you know, in their own way as well. Well, I'm going to tell you first that I love any young person coming to me. Like I'm 43 now, so I'm not that young at all. I'd like to think I'm young, but I know I'm not. But I've had students that are uh, 17, 18, 19 years old. Not a lot, but I do have some because they're like, man, I really want to do this. In fact, um, a family at my church, two of their boys are reading my book. And they're, they're like, I think, 16 and 19 or something like that. So they're starting to do it. So everybody can do this, especially even if you don't have money, you can do this. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, yes, you can join my course, pay me lots of money. You can do it. No loan money down. No, no, I'm not going to tell you that. Like, I'm not a guru. I'm just somebody like your next door neighbor who figured this out that just wants to help you how to do this. What I'm going to tell you, though, is it is possible to buy with no and low money down. It's just freaking hard. I, sorry, that's a little crass. It's very, very hard to invest with no, no and low money down if you don't have experience, the connections, or networking. Like, like if you don't have anybody that has been there before or you haven't done it before, which I'll tell you this. I absolutely buy properties with no and low money down all the time because I have my network. I have other people. I have other investors that want to invest with me. So I easily can do this and my students do it as well. But it's after they've built up that experience. They have a track record. Other investors say, you know what? You're making money. Let me go ahead and invest with you. So yes, it is possible. Now that's low and no money down. Now, let me give you getting to your question. Like, how much money do you need to have? Like, how much do you need to be making? For me, it's not necessarily how much you need to be making. It's how much you have saved to invest. Now, I've helped people as low as, actually, my bottom line criteria. So I'm actually stepping out of doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I just don't have enough time anymore. I have students now. This is, I love this. I've been coaching for so long. I have students now that are now same driven passion as I am to helping other people. They've now come on to be coaches because they know the model. They've crushed it in their business. Now they're coaching with me. So I'm pulling myself out. I'm still doing group coaching, but not one-on-one. -on -one. Anyways, we don't take on any student for the one-on-one. -on -one. Group coaching is a little different. It's a much lower, lower price point, a couple hundred dollars, so that you can join and get to see what it's like and actively do it. But for one-on-one -on -one coaching, the minimum is $10,000 saved. If you don't have $10,000 in a 401k, in a savings account, cash, whatever it might be, it's just really, really hard. So I literally have, like, I get, get on calls with, you know, students that say, or potential students say, hey, Dustin, I'm 19. I've got like, you know, $4,000 saved up. I want to start investing. I said, I'm so excited for you. Let me give you a plan. You're not ready now. Let me give you a plan. Cut your expenses. Stop going to Starbucks. Save your money. Cut your expenses. Get out of debt. Save to get $10,000 and get a good job where you're making more money so you can save more money to invest. Once you have $10,000, you are out of debt and you're ready to invest. Then come back to me. Then I'll help you. Like, I'm not going to take their money because it's not the right time. I'm here to help people. So yes, I like to have students that have $10,000 to get started to invest because anything less than that, it's just really hard. It's possible. It's just your, you have to hustle because deals are harder to get because you have so little money. Once you have over $10,000, then there's the world opens up to be able to buy properties. Yeah, I love that. I love the honesty there because there's so many people out there who says, "Oh, you need nothing. You don't. You don't need any money. You can just get started right away." And um, I mean, it's it's a good kind of like you said, it's possible, and you do it with you know, it's a lot of hard work, and if you have the right mindset for it, you can do it. But you know, I don't think that's that's kind of the way you guys want to or you want to portray yourself and your you know, the master passive income that you guys are building as well. It's it's more of hey, let's let's do it and let's you know. You, you guys are unapologetically, you know, want to live a good lifestyle versus, yeah. you know, the gurus out there, like, you know, like, you know, the Gary V's who want to hustle every day, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a different lifestyle, but. Well, and, and with that, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Because like, what I try to come across, because this is what I am. Like, if you meet me in person, I'm literally the exact same person. Like on the podcast, people say, well, oh, Dustin, you got a lot of energy. I'm like, 
well, that's just how I am. I just, and I'll be as friendly to you. Like if you come to my conference, the real estate, well, those conference, you'll see me, see me walking the halls, talking to as many people as possible, trying to encourage them. Cause that's what I love to do. Now I want you to picture me as just your next door neighbor. You know, this next door neighbor has figured out how to do this and is able to share with you how to do this. Now with that, we have so many people that have already done this, that you also have, and what I love, the community of people here at Master Passive Income with me coaching, you also have all these other people. We even have a Slack community. It's the vibrant. Like they're all talking, helping each other out, asking questions, passing along deals, asking, hey, hey, does anybody have private money? Like all this sort of stuff, because now it's the community that is helping each other, just like the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, the community that I'm building. And I, honestly, with the conference, I built something that I wish I had when I first got, is, got started investing. I wish there was a giving community. Every single meetup I went to for real estate, it was all a take, a give and take, like, like not just give and take, a, a give, 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 and everybody's taking. Like, what can you do for, here's my business card. You call me, you call, like, my goodness, like this is all just hype and sales pitch and stuff. I don't like this stuff. I want to be around people who want to help other people. So I created something that I didn't have so that hopefully more and more people will be able to have, because honestly, the more that people that I serve in my life, the more people that I help in my life, the better my life gets. And so I'm like, how can I serve and help more people? Because my life gets better, their lives get better, everybody wins all around. Yeah, I love it, man. I love that, you know, you've built something like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, you guys are real estate investors, budding, or, you know, been in the been in the business, but you want to take it to the next level. Uh, you have something to share. I encourage you to go check out, you know, that uh, real estate wealth building wealth builders conference. Uh, you said it was in May next year. Yes, May of 2023. It'll be here in Phoenix. Uh, 2024. We're planning on being on the East Coast. We're going to go back and forth between East and West Coast. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That definitely helps the uh, the traveling, right? Because there's a lot of people who yeah, who who that be a little bit more convenient for. But um, yeah, that's that's awesome that you've built that. And um, that's one more, one more question. I think that uh, I'm just personally curious to know. So you're, you're only investing in single family homes or are you also kind of moving into, or have you moved into storage units, apartments? I don't think syndications or that's, that's oh, absolutely. all the above. Okay. So, okay. so my bread and butter is single family homes. Well, when I say single family, it's more residential four units and below. That's what classification yeah. is, yeah. is residential. Right. I love four units and below. That's literally my bread and butter. I don't even have to think. I could look at a property in two seconds, tell you, yes, I would buy it. No, I buy it for this much. And this is, I just, I've done it so much myself yeah. and coached so many people, bread and butter. Now with that, that's where I gravitate to, but I'm blessed to have plenty of money coming in that I invest in syndications. I invest in hotels. I invest in storage complexes. Now I don't want to be the operator of these things, but I have money that I can now put into these and invest in them. Now, I personally will say, I'm not a huge fan of, I invest in syndications, don't get me wrong, but I'm not a huge fan of syndications where you put your money in, you get a good return, and then they try to cash out in five years. Well, if you don't have somebody to buy that property in five years, then how are you cashing out? Like that's, right. what I love is generational wealth. So what I'm doing now is I'm buying apartment complexes, or at least that's my goal. I haven't done that yet. Um, buying apartment complexes for my family. We'll bring investors on, they can help invest and we'll give them a good return, but we'll refinance it, I'll pay them off and then I will own that property. They'll get a good return, don't get me wrong, but what I want is buy and hold. I don't want syndications where my money has to be flipped over every three years, right. three to five years. I wanna own it for the long-term. Yeah, own it forever, right? That's, I, I love go. that. And I think, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the real, like you said, generational wealth. It's not, you know, people think of real estate investing and they see the shows and they think, oh, flipping a house, right? That's well, that's just another job, right? Like it there's is. no, You're right. <laughs> so I think, I think people don't realize that like flipping houses is you're just buying yourself another job and you know, it's, it's, there's no passive component to it unless, you know, you build up some kind of operation where, you know, you're flipping, you know, like 10, 20 houses a month. That's, that's the different story, but um, yeah, no, I love it. You know, I think that's, it's a good mindset to have. So if you guys are listening and you guys are considering investing, think about that, right? Like, what are you investing for? Are you just doing it for another job? Are you creating more work for yourself? Or are you going to do like Dustin where, you know, he doesn't have to work any, anymore and <laughs> he can just be on podcasts all day. So <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, another question that I had for you, I think, because a lot of our listeners here uh, are, are real estate agents, or at least some of them are, 
Um, have you worked with real estate agent uh, students? You have. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, all the time. Well, we're yeah. buying through them, definitely number one, but okay. also students that want to invest because honestly, real estate agents, that's like, that's like you're you're on the same team. Like we're playing the same game. You're on the same team. Just start playing, you know? So if you're, if you're a realtor, you absolutely should be an investor. Like that's like uh, not even no brainer. That's like common sense. You're in there. All you got to do is when you see the next good deal, buy it yourself. I mean, yes. So I do love to have realtors as my agent or as my students, because what they realize is they're they're so close to it. All they got to do is step up to the plate and swing the bat, and they'll hit a ball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's something that you know we we talk about a lot, <laughs> like with our agents as well. Is you know why aren't you investing in real estate? And you'd be surprised how many like how the lack of agents that are investing in real estate in the entire industry. Which is, I mean, back to the what we we're just talking about. Right. They're they have a job. It's an active income job. Sales is an active income right? You, you can be selling a hundred million dollars a year. It's you're you still need to show up. You start at zero the next year. Unless you, you sure have, do. <laughs> yeah. I, so. so with my real estate investing, my passive income, I have a floor of income. Basically it's always, I just got to buy more and eventually goes up. Meaning the floor is like, let's say, you know, get to a $10,000 a month. That's my floor because those properties are constantly rented. And so they're always working for me to grow. I just got to buy another property, put it on top another, then another property, put it on top. And so I would rather then I'd rather do that than starting over at zero every single month to have to sell another house or flip another house or wholesale another house. I'm like, that, that's too much work. I love where I honestly, literally Kobe, it takes me like maybe 30, no, 30 minutes. That might be a little low, maybe an hour of my own personal time to buy the next piece of inventory to put in my business. It's wake up in the morning, go to the gym, come back, drink coffee, watch my, or look at my emails, look at the properties that realtors and wholesalers send me and other investors say, Oh, I like that property. Okay. Property manager. What do you think about this property? Oh, that takes, you know, five minutes and comes back and says, well, this is what I like and blah, blah, blah. Then I say, okay, I'll buy it. Get my realtor to put a contract in takes another five minutes and then they do all the work and then I get it back. And eventually I just have to wire the money. Cause I have other inspectors. I have, I literally have everybody do the work and then I just wire the money. And then I say property manager, ready, go. That's it. I, I do so little. Wow. I love it. And again, it's right back to the, the property manager, right? You're always consoling with them. You're always asking them. 100%. I love it. it. It's almost like a secret, right? That people don't, don't know, like, cause everybody <laughs> consoles with like a lender or a, a realtor or, you know, it's, it's really one of the two, but you, you know, property managers, that's a, that's a big piece of it. So I think, you know, you know, that's a takeaway from this podcast, right? If you don't take anything else away, take this away, you know, find a good property 100%. manager and work with them closely. So yes, I absolutely. They, so they make sure. And so this is something I harp on with all my students, because a lot of times they jump right to realtors or rent, you know, mortgage or whatever, right. they'll jump to they'll jump over this, but your property managers are going to make sure that you do the business, right? They're going to make sure that these properties are the right ones they're, if they're not going to manage the property, why would you buy it? Like, oh, it's, I'm going to get shot there. Well, why would you buy it? There's nobody going to manage it. So you pass and move on. And remember, we make passive income of $250 from the, that's the minimum. That's the bare minimum. I have some making five, six, dollars $1,000 in passive income, which is fantastic. With that, what we do is we verify how much we could rent it for. So who are the experts? It's a property manager. Who's not the expert? Zillow is not an expert. Realtor.com, Trulia, like Redfin, like yeah. those are not experts. The experts are the people there on the ground. I'll tell you what you'll you'll know you have an expert when you say, hey, property manager, I'm looking at buying this property. Here's the address. I, I don't know. Number one, Happy Street. And they say, oh, I know that area. In fact, I have a house that's right around the corner from there. It's same house, same everything. And we were trying to get $1,400 a month for it. We couldn't. Zillow said $1,400. Most we can get was $1,300. Wow, that is expert information. If you ran your numbers at $1,400 and you can only get 13, that just cuts your passive income almost in half. So getting the experts there on the ground who know what they're doing, that's by far the key. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a powerful, powerful uh, piece of information there. So, you know, people don't think of them as, as experts, but they, they certainly are. So, yeah, man. So just one last thing, I think, uh, I think it will be pretty relevant for the audience uh, right now. And I know different people have different opinions and it's always changing. And probably by the time this podcast gets out, there's going to be a little bit more changes as well. How drastic, we don't know, but Apparently there's a market shift going on uh, in the real estate market. I don't know if you heard, but that's, that's what I've been, you know, <laughs> I've been hearing, but apparently there's some kind of market shift happening. Um, you know, what is your, what is your take on it? You know, I, you know, I think 
personally could be a big opportunity? Do you think that's true? Or how would you and teach our students to approach this, you know, potential market shift that's, you know, happening right now? Let me give you this example. So everybody has heard of the term or this sport of surfing. You know, you got to catch a wave and ride a wave on in. Well, you do not paddle after the wave has already passed you. The wave's already passed you and you've missed the wave. You're done. What you do is you start paddling before the wave gets you. And then as you're paddling, you're getting momentum. And then once the wave picks you up, you just ride that puppy all the way on in. Right now is going to be the best time to, in, probably even in my lifetime, like 2008, it was sad for a lot of people. They invested for appreciation. Like they listened to gurus and they were flipping houses. I knew so many people that went bankrupt. I didn't. I made money whether the market went up, down, or sideways because I invested for passive income. And I made so much more money in 2009, 10, 11, and 12 because I was buying so many properties. I didn't have enough money. I could have bought more, but I, did, I, could, I didn't have the money. Now I'm prepared. So what I'm telling everybody right now is, number one, you need to be ready to catch that wave. So number one, education. You need to know how to do it right. So start learning. Number two, start building your business first right now so that when that wave picks you up, you can start boom, 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 because you've already done a lot of hard work. And then number three, I would think that you are already actively investing. And with that, that market shift, I'd honestly, Kobe, I'm so excited. A lot of people are saying, man, interest rates are going up. This is bad. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm so excited interest rates are going up because I don't care about interest rates. Remember, I don't pay for my mortgage. My tenants pay for that. So what I do is I'm waiting for the prices. With that shift, the prices are coming down. Interest rates go up. Prices must come down because people only have, let's say, $2,000 a month to pay for either mortgage or a rent, rental property for rent. With that, as interest rates go up, prices have to come down because that $2,000, doesn't, it doesn't change. It's still $2,000. Prices have to come down. With prices coming down, economy starts getting more turbulent. That makes prices come down even more. Then our housing issues come, then house prices come down even more. This is going to be literally the best time ever to invest in real estate. So I'm telling you this now. So everybody, you don't want to look back 20 years from now and say, man, I was listening to Kobe and this guy, Dustin came on and I should have started investing right when he said, trust me, this is going to be the best time, almost in the, like the most recent history. Like I'm 43, like I said, in my history. This is the best, will be the best time to invest in real, in real estate. So come to Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Actually, ooh, I even have a, re, a free course, a course that I would give to everybody. You mind if I give that to everybody? No, I don't mind at all. Like, just go ahead. How, if people want to reach out to you, how would they do it? Awesome. So if you, I, I want to give you my real estate investing course. I'll literally show you everything in detail, how to do this. Remember, I just want to help people. So right. text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, rental to 33777. Rental to 33777, or you go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. All one word, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll show you how to build the business, how to find the right area of country to invest, how to scale your business to make over $250 a month and scale to quit your job. I'll literally give it to you, but you can also find me. On, I have my own podcast. It's really, it's just a solo show. I just do it myself. I rarely do interviews. It's called the Master Passive Income Podcast. Check me out there. I've been blessed to be, I, I, I'm over a hundred, or sorry, a million downloads now. So I was like, that was so fun. Awesome. But it's just me teaching people, Master Passive Income YouTube channel, lots, of, like literally, you go find, you want to find anything on how to do any of this stuff, I put it on there. Same thing with um, the podcast. I just want to err on the side of helping people, but also on Instagram, the Dustin Heiner on Instagram. I'm not that arrogant. It's all, T-H-E is the only thing I could find that actually fits. So <laughs> okay. the Dustin Heiner, reach out to me on there. But I just love seeing people, uh, really change their life. And oh, go to RubeCon, R-E-W-B-C-O-N, RubeCon.com. And if you put in the promo code podcast, just I'll know that you came from Kobe, put in the promo code podcast, I'll give you 10% off. I know that I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, but I just want to see people change their lives. Honestly, the more people's lives change that I help affect, the better my life gets. And now my new goal, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And then I accomplished that at 37. Then I had another goal, to make a million dollars a year. But I kid you not, Kobe, I got so bored with that. In fact, it was a deterrent. I was like, this is boring. I have enough stuff. It's not a, it's not a, a, a traction for me. Mm -hmm. I knew that I needed a new goal. My new goal is to help 1 million people become financially independent through investing in real estate or business. And so with that, just trying to give all this stuff away, have this conference so you could get around a lot of great people. So hopefully everybody takes advantage of it.
Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love your new goal. And, uh, you know, can't wait to see you achieve that because that's, you know, it's doing a lot of good in this world if helping that many people uh, live the lifestyle that they ever, uh, you know, they, they can only used to ever dream about. So guys, reach out to Dustin if you guys have questions that you guys want to learn more. Definitely uh, take, you know, take advantage of that free course. I mean, it's, it's free, right? It's not charging you for anything like those gurus are out there. So definitely take advantage of that uh, as well. So I will definitely, I will, I will leave the information in the show notes below. So you guys do have, you know, if you guys missed it, you know, on, on the uh, listening to the show, you guys can see it uh, down below in the description. But uh, other than that, uh, Dustin, thanks for coming on. Anything you want to leave with the audience before we, uh, before we sign off here? Get started today. I mean, uh, it's easy to say that, meaning a lot of people right. like you ask the question, well, take action. Well, honestly, that's the hardest part. But then that, from that point forward, mm-hmm. passive income. So get started passive income and build the business so that you know you're going to be making money every single time and get around the right people you know get around kobe keep listening to his podcast over and over again listen to every single week you're going to get around people that have done it so that you can learn how to do it too so yes i'm i'm hoping a lot of people change their life this next you know five years it's going to make a lot of people a lot of money if they know how to do it Wow. That's awesome. That's a great message to, to leave us with. Thank you so much, Dustin, for doing this. I love the, uh, the interview here and I love the tips that you shared. Uh, if you guys are listening, tuning in, make sure to leave it a good review and off a podcast or a good rating on Spotify. But other than that, thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Free Life Agents Podcast. For more resources or to connect with us further, please visit our website, www.freelifeagents.com. We'll see you next time.